2: the Rory Sauter Show. It is great to be with all of you. Um, I uh, We had a great show last night. We had two uh, great guests. We talked about a lot of amazing topics, got a lot of, uh, addressed, and, uh, you know, uh, dis- a lot discussed. And uh, it was a very worthy and productive show, got a lot of great feedback. Uh, as always, I always take this time to thank the audience, thank my co-hosts. Thank, uh, thank all of our guests, um, and I do have my co-host with me on the line right now. Um, she is an international security expert, political strategist, Islamic historian, lobbyist, entrepreneur, and New York Times bestselling author, Valerie Greenfeld. Good to have you on, darling. How are you?
3: Good, thank you.
2: Yeah, excellent, excellent. Um, so yes, yeah, a big show. Um, I do want to say. Um, we have a huge uh, guest lineup tonight, uh, cybersecurity expert, political strategist, business investor, New York Times bestselling author, and entrepreneur Michael Doherty, uh, who will be calling in any minute, actually. We always love hearing from him. Uh, we also have economics expert, public policy analysis, writer for Town Hall, writer for Newsmax, and a writer for LiveZet. He's also a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, uh, Dr. Michael Bussler. Will be joining us uh, later in the show. Uh, we have a lot to uh, to discuss with him, including how uh, amazing the economy is right now. We've never seen anything like it. We're living in the, the best of times. 4.1 GDP, lowest unemployment for blacks, Asians, Hispanics. Uh, you have all of all of these improvements. The lowest unemployment overall since the '60s. I mean, this we've we've never seen any, um, and it's something to be very very proud of, and very um, it needs to be more recognized. That I don't think enough people understand. I, you know, a lot of people are too busy listening to the liberal media saying that Trump is this terrible president, this terrible the person and, and, and has done nothing good or worthy for the country. How can you deny facts? How can you deny the reality? And and you still have all these people that are in their own zone and they're in their own one dimensional state of mind and they can't get out of it. And, and, and there it's, there's no open mindedness whatsoever. This is a big problem. I mean, I, and we're, we're seeing, you know, Especially, you know, they want to call us fascists. They want to call us Nazis. They want to call us all of these names, um, the left. But in reality, they're the bigots. They're the Nazis. They're the fascists. They're the ones causing the hate. They're the ones stirring the pot. They're the ones trying to do. You don't see us causing riots and violence and, you know, just all this mess in the streets. I mean, it's, and we, you know, imagine if Republicans started doing what Antifa does, and how how badly and crucified and they would denounce it on on, on the mainstream media. But when Antifa, uh, you know, does this sort of thing, you know, the liberal media gives it a couple minutes and they're like, eh, you know, doesn't really apply to us, so. What the hell? We don't care if people are getting hurt in the streets, or you know, I mean, these Antifa and these left-wing uh, nut jobs are dangerous. They're, we're talking bats, we're talking explosives, we're talking guns, we're talking, we're talking weapons. I mean, th- th- these people are, I and mean, this is a terrorist organization without a doubt. I mean, I've, they've already classified it as a terrorist organization, and I know Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer uh, at first were hesitant. To label Antifa a terrorist organization Because they wanted to be politically correct But these people need to be Addressed These people are bullies I mean I'm seeing clips online today I, Every day I see clips online Of Antifa and these left wing uh, Hate groups and, and they're trying to say because we, You know what the, 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 What bigotry defines Is if you don't agree with somebody You start attacking them That's exactly what the left is doing they do it on college campuses they do it in the streets uh, it's a i mean and you know who all started this was Barack Hussein Osama this didn't all these riots all this bullshit with Antifa and these left-wing hate groups they were not applicable or you know originated uh, before Barack Hussein Osama came into office so you know th- there's all these problems that Trump's cleaning up and god bless him for it but um Uh, Valerie, I do want to get your thoughts, uh, and I do want to welcome our special guest, cybersecurity expert, political strategist, business investor, New York Times bestselling author, and entrepreneur Michael Doherty, is with us, our great friend of the show. How are you, sir?
4: I'm doing well. How are you guys doing tonight?
2: We're we're doing well, doing well. Great to have you on. Uh, Valerie, go ahead real quick, though. Um, Well,
3: I wanted to talk about the fact that our Every agency within the United States has their own definition of what terrorism is we don 't have a yeah. national recognized definition, so um, it's easy to say you know one place one uh, organization or one congress person can say that something is terrorism there isn't terrorism and you know the country of Israel has been dealing with terrorism longer than anybody else in the world and their their definition is when um uh, political for a political purpose, violence is used against um, any you know any group for political reasons um, to change you know to change the political situation. So <laughs> violence and, and politics go together, in terrorism, and that's exactly what Antifa is about, and that's what you know Muslim Brotherhood and yeah. all of the um, organizations underneath the umbrella of the Muslim Brotherhood are about.
2: Yeah, and let's, you know, Valerie, you bring up a very valid point. And let's not forget, what Antifa's doing in the streets, I mean, this in a lot of ways is the same sort of thing, uh, you know, what they do in foreign countries. I mean, this is this is uh, very dangerous territory. You know, I know there's a lot of wimps in Antifa, but when they got weapons in their fucking hands, I mean, we're talking about a whole new ballgame. That's basically cheating in a fight. I mean, that's not really climate. <laughs> you know what And you got all these cops um, that have to deal with this in the streets, and now apparently there's a new bill coming forward, which would um, entail if any Antifa member is wearing a mask, uh, they'll get like a a certain sentence minimum in prison. Uh, I don't know what the whole bill is. I think it's like maybe, but but it's very interesting. You know, why why do they have to? You know, and I get the mask thing. But why aren't these police tackling these people? There, there shouldn't be a bill with, with the, I mean, there, there shouldn't be a bill for masks in the first place. These police should be tackling and arresting these people, and all I see is ruckus in the streets. But I want to get your thoughts, Michael. Go ahead. Well, you
4: know, I mean, you're talking about the, these are heavily democratic areas where this primarily happens. The, the media. Takes a microscope and makes it look like it's larger than it is. I'm not saying uh, that it isn't an issue, but I am saying yeah. it's 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 trying to incite anarchy, and yeah. um, I think I think Absolutely. it repeatedly fails in the long term. I mean, they strike matches. Yeah. Look at look at what happened in Missouri or in Baltimore. You know, one thing you notice know about Baltimore yeah. is is yeah. there was after the first riot, there weren't a lot of riots. Um, and, I mean, when those policemen got let off, things. Stop, because they knew they were cutting their nose off to spite their face. And it, it, this, you know, I, I'm 57. I was a kid in the 60s, and I lived in Detroit. We had to move in the riots. Oh, and I, I know ima- when I can imagine a majority of the culture is in rebellion. A majority of the black community is not in rebellion right now. The vast no. majority is not. So I want to keep this in perspective, and 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 see how far left the Democrats have gone and and hope that this is i mean completely going to destroy i mean this is the, the the vestiges of barack obama i mean look at the media today look at look at Jim Acosta, whatever that idiot's name is and how <laughs> jim, and jim how Franky he was jim. handled <laughs> anyway jim so anyway I, I mean it it's true, but you know it, it's it's just um it's such they're trying to incite theater. And there's a lot of stupid people, but evidently not too many because Trump's president. And my biggest concern (laughs) is how is this going to impact the elections? Because here's what's really going on that is really important, is if the House turns blue, which is where all their efforts are going to go to. I mean, but if it did, that's what they're really shooting for here. This is all trying to make sure because then – the lid goes back on the pot. These people are just terrified. The lid's going to come off the pot because you have got Devin Nunes sitting there, you know, who, who is going to make sure this keeps on trucking, and they can give their heart to God the second half, the, you know, the next Congress if it stays red. Because all they're doing is play delay game until the election's over. It's all going on yeah. here.
2: Well, you know, I want to I want to make a point. Um, I want to play a clip real quick. We do have a lot to get to, but I do want to play a clip um, of uh, LeBron James, who needs to just shut up and dribble the ball. Uh, but these kind of the, the stuff that these kind of guys say, especially shit like this, does not help with the black community because a lot of people in the black community, not just the black community, but a lot of people in the white community, look up to this athlete as well, especially big names like LeBron. Which I, I can't stand the guy. I think he's a punk. I think he's getting his own talk
4: show on Netflix.
2: Right, you got you gotta hear this though. Uh one one three.
4: I think
5: athletics are important but also their mind. I think both. I think it just plays um it is bring when you're when you're part of sports and you're a part of your mind, it just brings some so much camaraderie and so much fun. You know, we, we we are in a position right now in America, more importantly, where this whole this race thing is is, is taking over. You know, and, and um, because, one, because I believe our president is kind of trying to divide us. Um, but I think. Kind of? Yeah, he <laughs> is. He <it> is. <laughs> I don't want to say kind of. He's, he's dividing us. And, and what I noticed over the last few months, uh, that he's kind of used sport to kind of divide us. and I And that's something that I can't relate to because I know that sport was the first time I ever was around someone white. You know, and I, and, I, and I got an opportunity to see them and learn about them, and they got an opportunity to learn about me, and we became very good friends. And I was like, oh, wow, this is all because of sports. And sports has never been something that divides people. It's always been something that brings someone together. What do you hope happens from this school? Because I got to tell you, I walk through, mm-hmm. I am impressed. Don Lemon. <laughs> Everybody's impressed. This is a great thing you're doing. What do you want to happen? What do you want this to go from here? Um, what I want to happen, every kid that walked through those doors, Every kid, you know, from the 240 kids that we're starting with right now, third and fourth grade, to the, you know, to 2022, where we're gonna have first through eighth grade. Yeah. Um, we want every kid to walk through this school to be inspired, yeah. um, to come come away with something, yeah. something where they can give back, and and it doesn't matter. It could be anything, but just for for kids in general, all they want to know is that someone cares, yeah. and when they walk through that door, I hope they they.
2: So, Michael, I want you to comment, and so I want you, Valerie, but real quick, I want to give my take on this. First of all, the president is not using sports to divide anyone. These athletes (laughs) brought this on themselves, and they are the ones who are dividing and causing the ruckus and trying to basically give their political opinions on the court or on the field, which is not – what sports is for we go to sporting events to watch sports we don't go there to learn to learn about people's political views or you know quite quite frankly we don't give a shit i mean this is their this is people's own personal business and athletes go ahead speak in interviews whatever you want but do not disrespect the anthem and kneel do not blame the president this is an epidemic and a trend you guys started, you know, with the whole, this all started with Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, LeBron, you say, and I know, and I'm going to give credit to LeBron, because LeBron, in a way, has done a lot for certain charities and the less fortunate. I will say that. I do not, I do not like the guy, but, but here, here's the thing that really bothers me. Black unemployment's at an all-time low. Why is it LeBron talking about that? He always talks about this race war and all these racial problems and he race baits and he gets his audience and his fan base going. But what, but, but Trump, there's no evidence of Trump being racist. There's no, I mean, there, there's, and here's the thing. LeBron is just mad. The white man uh, did all this and has all these accomplishments. That's my strong opinion. And, I think LeBron has been misled the wrong way because a lot of these athletes as well feel like they're entitled and feel like they can, uh, it's sickening how they feel like they can just give their opinions like they're God, like they're, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I dribble a ball for a living, but I know what I'm talking about. I mean, come on. Your thoughts, Dordie. That was a long rant. Sorry. But,
4: um well, I mean, this is – I mean, celebrities And then real, quick,
2: real, real quick, they claim they're oppressed. They claim they're oppressed, but they're making millions of dollars a year. And, and you know, they they claim they care about black people, uh, you know, a lot of these other athletes. But do you ever see them going into Chicago and protesting or helping out what, all this gun violence? No. But, but go ahead, Doherty. Well, <clears throat> I mean, this is just – Look,
4: there are people that attention are not involved thinking. in the process. Attention-seeking.
0: I
2: said, no, it's no, no, attention no, 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 no. I'm
4: talking about I, I, there are people that are involved in the process that listen to this stuff because they're the role model they know. But this is more yeah. of the fact that this is just – these are people that are look, – look, all many, many, many different types of very successful people get mistaken. Doctors are a big one, that they know everything yeah. outside the area of expertise. Okay, so they're not yeah. Doctors, you're, so
6: you're
2: saying uh, doctors you often, say, real quick, hmm? real quick. Would you say it's fair to say majority of doctors are liberals in
4: the in the United States? Um, hmm. you know, I dealt with surgeons, so I'd say no. But I guess general practitioners, yes, because they they work within these type of systems and they they don't they just want to get to work and they don't want to worry about the side stuff. So maybe I don't okay, I don't know. Okay, but, continue with, continue with your point. But anyway. My point is that these are always these are people that are outside of, of expertise, and they screw up. And LeBron is no different. I mean, LeBron is some look—he's obscenely overpaid. He is not that smart. Thirty million a year. Phenomenal. at what he does—this is not new. How many celebrities do we have? Look at all of Hollywood. And really, it's not race. It's just—it's yeah. whatever no. you. He's no. exploiting his race, but if, you know he, that's the platform he's using. Uh, But because he wants to just, you know, bring meaning to whatever he does. Because really, if you're his age and you're good at what that happens, you you really don't deserve – you don't deserve that much pay except it's a business and you're bringing tickets. You know, you're doing ticket sales. If it wasn't for ticket sales, you know, they wouldn't have their great lifestyle. So they're the ultimate idiots. They're just demonstrating how stupid they are. People are fed up with this stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. part of this whole flat, you know, pushback on, on, on Hollywood going nuts is that they're learning, much to their chagrin, that they don't really matter that much to people. They don't. <laughs> you know, we saw proof well, I mean, of but that look at their experience. Elected. They don't have the same experience, same thing with these athletes. So, I don't know, let LeBron, you know... Michael Jordan was smart enough to just to keep his mouth shut and hide his nasty gambling problem and smile when he held up the Nike because he, was, he, stayed, he stayed in his lane. I mean, I stay in my lane. You know, I'm not running around talking about nuclear physics, but every now and then you got a real idiot like LeBron James, little narcissist, no loyalty, you know, yes. next. And, and people can exploit that for business. I mean, Netflix, like there's some stupid idiots well, that are going to listen like, to that stuff. So you know, I yes. just try to keep it in perspective.
2: Yeah, and it's Obama flicks now. It's all controlled by Susan Rice. Obama is now doing all his stuff on there. Well, oh, what do you think? What, what do you think they're gonna do? I mean, those people
4: are so stupid. You know, Hillary yeah. Clinton thought it was Christmas. She'd go out there, she'd collect all that money. Yeah. Come on, she'd be laughing all the way home.
2: Yeah. And now, and now, Steven Spielberg and Hillary Clinton are making a, a TV show series together.
6: Because ah, there's really? no
2: shortage of idiots <laughs> Jesus Christ I mean it it never ends I mean Spielberg and Hillary Clinton making a making a TV series just goes to show where Spielberg's career is gone down the drain
3: it makes no um, it makes no
2: sense, go ahead, Valerie. Though,
3: because when hillary Hillary's books were complete nonsense i mean they they crashed and burned. So why would I don't understand why Spielberg would invest his name and his brand on Hillary when everything that she's done so far nobody cares. She's done. Makes yeah. no sense to yeah. me. And with regard to the the politician the um the sports
2: LeBron the
3: athletes and the Hollywood people, you know, they need to stick to the knitting. Like you said, I mean they're great actresses or actors, they're fine. Um, athletes, but you know the the Colin Kaepernick cost the the NFL a ton of money because people were oh, yeah. so aggravated with what he started. They didn't want to go watch football anymore, and so you know oh, yeah, these, these kinds of opinions, these opinions that they're giving, which they really should keep to themselves, um, yeah. are really costing the sport and costing Hollywood a lot of money. And and oh, it's surprising absolutely. that the, the the owners of the companies should be shutting these people up.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, and, NFL
4: – go ahead, Michael. No, I just want to point out it's like they're the ones that turn to a race thing. Okay, they're not, yes. like, you know, Colin, Kilpatrick, They're the ones that that gain to decide that they represent their entire race. It's it's such BS. How do you think all the uh, how the, the the black military veterans feel? I mean, give me a break. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, right. it's just. I how about how about 98% of the blacks that don't have any type of records and just do their job and try to build their lives every day and have to put up with this crap. And these, it's it's really, they're just annoying. And you know, you know
2: what bothers me is they want to protest a black cop going after, a white cop, a white cop going after a black man, but that only happens less than 1% of the time, a very rare occurrence, but they don't want to talk about the 99% of black crime, which is black on black. Uh, it, it's, so, it's so much hypocrisy and contradiction. They say they care about their community. Bullshit.
4: Well, it, it's just that they're just making they're they're justifying their living. They're make, yes. they're exploiting it to make a living, and I mean and it and it works.
3: No, well, yeah. I think it works with regard to media, but it doesn't work with regard to their safety. Because, like Rory said. You know, if it's black on black and the cops are too afraid to go and go into those places to save people, they're really lo- – they're hurting themselves. No, I'm gonna talking about the people that
4: them. are exploiting it, not the race. I'm talking about people like – the people that exploit this. Look at the look at the prosecuting attorney in Baltimore. Nothing's happened to her. Right. Is she the DA? Right. Nothing happens to these people. No one wants right. to touch but a 10-foot pole, you know. Right. I mean – Really, what's happened to Jesse Jackson? <laughs> what's happened to Louis Farrakhan? Yes. What's, ha- what's happened to these baiters? Nothing. The Reverend. What about the Reverend what's Al happened to Maxine Waters? Maxine Waters is under investigation because the she makes everybody the write a check to her daughter.
0: <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. They they hit her. Yep, the FEC, the Federal Election Commission's hit her with a bunch of complaints, and now she's under investigation. This is great. Uh, I do I do kind of want to shift a little bit, kind of relates to this topic, but it is breaking news today, but we knew this was coming. They already announced it, but today it's, like, official. They're, like, officially seizing it. South African amending the Constitution, their white farmers' lands are being seized and given to blacks. Could you imagine if it was the other way around and we did that in our country?
4: You forgot that Barack Obama was there praising everything. What? I mean, Barack Obama was there praising everything in his speech today. Yeah. You know, praising yeah. all this. And and everyone sweeping this stuff under the rug because because solemnly complicitly they're like, Well, what goes around comes around and nothing ever gets better with that attitude. And you cannot, you know but
2: that's fine, they, they want to change some other country. Yeah, it's it's disgraceful. I I can't even, I mean, can you imagine? Go ahead, Valerie.
3: I just feel like, you know, whatever happened to just being American? Why does everybody have to be in a box and have to be a color or they have to be a certain sector? Why do people
2: have to say, why do people have to say I'm Hispanic American? I'm African American. Why don't you just say you're
3: American? Once you do that, you're putting yourself in a different category. But, but I think the left benefits from, from all of these distinctions, all of these, you know, because everybody has to be more special than the next. And if you, yeah. if, if, if you just, you know, then they get extra money because they're this and they're that, and then you have to build, you know, new bathrooms because, you know, they don't fit in or they don't, they don't feel good, whatever. You know, the, if we can just be colorblind and be blind about who does what in the bedroom, you know, just be Americans. I just think it would be a lot more harmonious because we're really splitting our country into pieces here.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we haven't, you know, Barack Obama was the greatest divider. I mean, nobody divided the nation as bad as he did. I mean, he's terrible. I
6: agree. And then we've never,
2: worst president (laughs) in history. We've never seen any, I mean, the closest thing. Uh, No, no, no,
4: no. Woodrow Wilson was the worst president in history, but that's Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Lb and LBJ and Jimmy Carter are up there as well.
4: Well, look, um, I I don't think that you can like you can remove what's happened with with race history, but I, but I, I it all gets it you don't get anywhere with this. Uh, with here's the difference: it, I've never seen so much um, banding together and isolating. I mean, the the the, the Muslims that come into here, by and large, do not do not assimilate within the country, there's a lot of, I mean, there's just a lot of pressure. Now, I mean, I'm Greek and my grandfather had no interest in anything other than Greeks. I I think when you come in that that's, that's what happened. Over the generations there there's, there's a transference and there's a difference, but that's, but then you also have similar type values, and they never, ever, I mean, they never complained about the country or considered you know, consider that they were entitled to anything. I think that the Democrats, by and large, and the Democratic leadership politician wants to bring in more than race. They want to bring in dependency and poverty. They don't care if you, what color you are as long as you're codependent, not educated, and and. and, and Poor, because then they can bribe you and and delude you, and you don't have the life experience to know otherwise. Uh, and so, you know, this is why if Trump gets a good chunk of of of, of the black, a, a good shift, even if you got 10% or the number of Hispanics that understand, I mean, Trump doesn't patronize anyone. Um, the whole you have got to automatically be. Subservient and dependent and a bit of a loser to feel like you need Barack Obama or Hillary or the left or Nancy Pelosi. I mean, do you love, I mean, just to show how utterly relentless they are and they'll never give it up. When the, the employment numbers come out, you know they're screaming, "Well, the jobs are lousy, or the pay is too low." <laughs> it's just, you know, they're they're just never, ever, ever happy, no matter what. And what yeah. terrifies me isn't how stupid they are. What terrifies me is there'll be enough people to uh, drink this Kool Aid and be that dumb and believe it. Look at right. California. I, I mean, you know, they're, they're they're literally crapping in the streets in San Francisco. I've been there. It smells it's not safe, it's not pleasant, it's terrible. And, and and what's amazing isn't that. What's amazing is these people will not give it up and realize they're wrong. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> That's yeah. the scary oh, part.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. And he, here's the thing. I got leaders of Black for Trump on the line. You you, you know, Michael, you, you think, um, Michael Doherty, by the way, the leaders of Blacks for Trump, his name is Michael as well. So, um, I, I I'm a, leaders of Blacks for Trump, you, you've talked about this on the show many times. We were just talking about the whole race war and how LeBron is trying to, you know, divide, pe- trying to say the president is to, trying to divide people over sports. And we're just talking about all these yeah. different, you know, entitlement uh, celebrities. That are trying to make it this a race issue and trying to race bait when in reality this is this has nothing to do with race. And if you look at uh, unemployment, uh, Asian unemployment all time low, Hispanic unemployment all time low, Black unemployment all time low. I mean, I mean, what's
7: what's there? What's there to whine about? You know? Oh come on! Right. Um, See uh, LeBron James, and you know you got these. We got some outsiders in this country, like Colin Kaepernick. He admitted that he's an East Indian, and he's from Cass. Not all East Indians are, are, are terrible like this guy. but and, and the other guy was a Cherokee Indian. And they're not all bad either. But the po- bottom line is that it is not white Gentiles that are giving us the problem. In fact, they're the ones that fought to free us. They are the Republican Party who we should boycott in their little um, reservations instead of trying to punish white Gentiles who fought to free you and you're hurting their feelings, because I would be hurt if I lost thousands upon thousands of brothers and sisters in the Civil War to fight and free you, to be in unity with you, to give you equal rights and live like they live, and then all of a sudden you're only over, over on the Democrat side helping these bastards who are the ones that put us in slavery. And a lot of people don't understand what I mean by that, because most of those people who had us in slavery, a lot of them were Cherokee, and, and every, they own everything. Uh, uh, even the East End is like Colin Kaepernick, and yet we're following his guy into going against the flag. Now, I understand if you want to protest, but the problem is you must at least know your enemy. All of the men that have shot black men, almost none of them were white Gentiles. Rajah, yeah. he is an absolute East Indian who shot that black guy in West Palm Beach on the side of the expressway. Aaliyah yeah. He was an absolute East Indian. All these guys yeah. are East Indians, but they're blaming white people for what these would do. A white man would jump into a burning car to save your life and let himself die. That is the nature of Gentiles. So I despise the fact that they are beating up on who is easy to beat up on. The one that really feels bad about your slavery is so bad that he lost thousands upon thousands of brothers at Gettysburg for your life. So what we got to do is wake right. up and realize, because I got the article when Colin Kaepernick said, I want to apologize to black people because I'm not really black. I'm in East India. Duh, you look like one, but the bottom line is why are we following this guy? to protest against our own people and destroy our own businesses like football. That's one of the biggest businesses in the world. And then you don't want to show unity with your blood, brother, the Bible, the, the God said he's here for the Jew and the Gentile, the black man and the white man. We're supposed to be together. And yet yes. you let this East Indian, who is really biblically Ishmael, separate us. So we're going to have to either wake up. Or, and smell the coffee or God is going to kill everybody Because these fools are trying to lead us into a race war And God said if we fight this time He's going to kill everybody by fire And not war And that's too warm it's for me So I am here not, to bring us together in unity That's why I'm with Trump And I stand in unity with Trump Because he is a real white Gentile That's my blood brother Who black people used to, be, used to think was Uh, Like how they call President Clinton the first black president. Well, I'm telling you, most black people used to call President Trump a real black man because he used to hang out with us. He he, he helped um, Russell Simmons when nobody else would help him to finance rap music. Well, it wouldn't have been a J.D. If, if Trump didn't help Russell Simmons. He helped. Um, and don't Jesse forget Jackson, about Jesse, Jesse, Jesse.
2: Don't forget about Jesse Jackson giving him the big award right. in the 80s for helping out the black community. Yeah,
7: and not only that, helping him to run for president when nobody else would finance him. He financed the Rainbow Coalition. No yes. racist would finance a black man to be in charge of him as president. Time right. and hell is all of a sudden Trump a damn racist when he's the one that was financing a black man to be over him. Jesse Jackson, the worst Trump on earth. Anyway, I ran that Negro out of town in 2000 when he wanted to um, count the chance here against President Bush. It was me and 20 other black guys that ran that Negro off the stage and wouldn't let him speak. But anyway, that's another story. The bottom line is President Trump has been helping black people, always has, and he loves us. In fact, at the last event I just went to in uh, what city is that we just left, Tampa, he pointed at me and said, yeah, when I said, look, black people, I'm going to help you. Give me a chance. What do you have to lose? He was talking to me when he said that. He said, give me a chance. And I said, I'm going to give you a chance. And guess what? He, he came through with his promise. With flying colors, all of that job, everybody's happy. I, I know black people. I don't hear no complaints right now. What the hell? How in the world is President Trump a racist? And how is it that our white Republicans are against us when they lost their lives to save us?
2: Yeah, Thank you. you very, very well said. Wow. Very impressive. I, I do want to welcome our special guest in a sec. Um, and, and also uh, – Michael, which, you know Box with uh, uh, Trump, we were talking about How South, South Africa Is taking the white farmer's land And seizing it and giving <laughs> yeah. it to black And uh, Obama was over there Praising
7: it Yeah uh, That's yeah. That's yeah, Biblically, yeah, I mean, the land belongs to The black man and the white Gentiles But anyway They, they always do that, they over here in America Taking all of our properties right now most of the judges yep. that are doing that Are East Indians And we're losing all our white people And black people being foreclosed on All over America But guess what A Cherokee cannot be foreclosed on Y'all look that up It's even on my site I got it where They can't be foreclosed on They cannot They don't have to pay Electric bill, water bill They get free phones I mean, God oh. Right in the country we, What country conquers another country And then pay them reparations Or pay taxes to them that is absolutely insane. White Gentiles, wake the hell up. We have to stop this crap. They don't need no, no permits. They don't need no operation license, no business license. I videotaped a whole city in New York, Chicago. I walked down all the streets. Not one East Indian had an operation license or a permit in their stores. Nothing. But if me and you open up, we got every regulation on earth to keep us from making money. And you're doing it to yourself because you feel sorry for them. Wake your ass up and stop being a fool <laughs> and let these people run you over like this. This is a damned shame. So I despise Colin Kaepernick, and I despise everybody who is separating the black man from the white man. And I'm standing by your side unto the death. That's the I got threatened last night to be skipped alive. I told him to bring that <laughs> on because I'm ready to fight. That's it. There you go. I'm finished.
2: Damn! No shit! Wow! You were at the Trump rally last night or the other night in the Florida. You were the guy saying Jim McCut- CNN front row next to Acosta, yelling, "CNN sucks! CNN sucks!" It right. viral. The video. Right.
7: <laughs> well, it did. I'm glad it did because you know I'm 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 glad that uh, the Sosa is putting out the the movie tomorrow. And they did the premiere, and I was called. They told me they wanted me to come and walk on some rare carpet. I didn't know, that I was in Tampa. So, but they did a movie called the um, uh, the Death of a Nation, and they said I'm 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 about a third of the whole movie. So I'm glad that that's going to come out, so our people can see Latin, black, and white in unity. Because if right. we fight, remember Second yeah. Peter three yeah. six, God said He's going to kill everybody by fire. Please. Don't let me die. Now, I'm up here taking all kinds of chances, getting all kind of threats. And and we cannot get ourselves killed. All we got to do is show love one to another. I don't ask for nothing. I don't get paid for nothing I'm doing. Okay? I'm doing it because you're listening to a man that's scared to death that God's going to kill everybody, actually. So please, brothers, wake up. Stop letting these East Indians and these Cherokee Indians run over. I know they mixed with us. They did that deliberately so that we would defend them thinking we're defending ourselves. But if you have a driver's license, if you pay taxes, you are not them. They're like the slave master that have sex with our women and then still put that baby out in the slave field. We're all in slavery. Black man, white man, wake up. They're killing us all over the country. All of the police officers that are being killed, Blue Lives Matter, killing them. They, 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 you think they're black, but they're either African who've never been in slavery or they're East Indian, Arab, Pakistani. Not one of them was a black man. As as, like, like, there was not one white Gentile. I looked up every killing that we thought was unfair done by some so-called white man on a black man, and not one of them, even Darren Wilson, Whether he was right or wrong, his name, Wilson, is the third most prominent name in the Cherokee nation, and he's a full-blooded Cherokee, and he's a totally different kind of white man from the Gentiles. He's he's what they call a tendonite. He's so white that he'll blister if he gets in the sun. He is not, Gentiles are not our problem. Those are the ones that will stop on the side of the road and fix your flat for you. and won't even let you do nothing. Those are the ones that will help you out when you're in a real jam. Those are the ones that will give their life for you. Listen, we gotta cut this crap out. Our blood brothers is you, and I'm on your side all the way. Just remember, black for Trump, baby.
2: Yeah, you're the leader, man. I mean, you are a hero. You are a true patriot. You are. I, I, I mean, am nobody. You help.
7: I am absolutely nobody.
2: I hey, am hey, 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 hey. Listen, 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 listen. You are a strong factor and played a big part in Trump's victory. You were all over the country at all his rallies during the, the, the camp when he was campaigning uh, and, and during the election season. And you have been there with him since day one. And all of these people, especially for, and a lot of you from the black community saw this and you were an inspiration to a lot of people. I've seen so many viral videos of you, uh, you know, shining so much light, and, 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 you know, giving the proper knowledge, uh, and, and people are reacting and like, wow, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about, and this guy is as loyal as they get
7: to Trump, and, and it's just great to see it. It's a lovely thing. Well, I thank you, Brother Nationality, Your real hero is the man that gave up his life, his opulent life of wealth and power, and he could have just lived like that. That's That's President Trump. If this man would give up his life. America's savior. Right. He is, no, not America, the earth, because if America sinks, everybody sinks. I know y'all don't want to believe it, but that is the man that the Bible calls Cyrus, and Cyrus is the savior of God's people. The only thing that's wrong with white Gentiles is they don't know that they are the chosen people of God with us. Shem and Japheth was blessed by God in Genesis chapter nine, eighteen through thirty-six, where God says Shem and Japheth will go to heaven together forever and dwell in the same tent forever because they saved Noah from Canaan and Ham disrespecting them. So you just don't know that you're the blessed one. You think somebody else is blessed when you give everybody else the credit because you're so humble and honorable, which is why Shem. Back in the biblical days would kill you if even said something negative about Japheth. Japheth is the father of all the white Gentiles, which is Genesis 10, 1 through 5. Shem is me because the Bible said his children will be carried away captive and treated evil for 400 years and carried away on ships. The only people on planet Earth that fits that description is the black man of America. So Shem and Japheth are the two brethren that God said he would come for The Jew and the Gentile, the black man and the white man And if we deny each other, we will be destroyed I'm not going to allow you to go down into purgatory Not realizing that Jesus himself said he was here for the Jew and the Gentile That's what he said And they even asked Jesus, why in the world would you save the Gentiles When they had your people in slavery, when the law said they must be destroyed And Jesus said, because these are my people who have forgotten that, that they're my people And will be my people forevermore so who the hell am I to deny you when the Son of God him, said you are my brother and you going to heaven? And that's it. So you got to wake up and stop this crap before they wipe us out. Because since since um Hillary is doomed, Revelation two twenty says she wants everybody to die with her. Well, I'm not going to hell with this heifer, and y'all better not let her take us to hell because if we fight, we going to hell. You understand? Read Second Peter 3.6, It scares the hell in you or out of you, whichever way is a rough way to go, because he says it's going to be like fervent heat. He will burn the earth like fervent heat. Boy, that's hot <laughs> as hell. Oh, here's that hell. That's what it is. I'm
6: sorry.
2: Go ahead. You, you're the man, man. I guy I love these. Uh, Mike, Michael Doherty, I want to welcome our next this, but I want Michael Doherty to react to this real quick. Um, Michael, your thoughts
4: on what he just tore into? I mean, yeah, I yeah. just when feel like always... I sit in the audience and, and applaud. I mean, um, you know, look, people need their, leader, their leaders, and, 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 and I commend Mike. I mean, he, he's a leader, and he's, you know, people are attracted to clarity and confidence and simplicity, and he he breaks it down, and, the scary thing about any any group that's gone astray is these these false prophets and these people that are are helping you. I mean, what I, I really would like to hear him talk about again is is what he thinks um, Barack Obama has done to the uh, black community. You know, because here in two thousand seven, we had stadiums with scenes of Rome. <laughs> it was crazy. And people were just, you know, <laughs> idealizing him. And they, they, there are still people that, that idealize, and, and he still uses it. So now he's, like, out in South Africa, wherever he can get attention. Uh, but I'm wondering, when, where is the black community on Barack Obama? Have, have, have many caught on? What, what do you, what, what, what's your observation?
7: My observation is, sir, remember, he's a Kenyan. And as a Kenyan, he is um, Indian. He is not a black man. He is never. His, none of his people were ever in slavery. In fact, he had a white mom. His teacher. His, his, no. Listen first. Not only he. He's not only not us. He was the one that captured us and sold us into slavery. Then came on the ship with his white mother's son, sons and brothers, and they are the ones that had us in slavery. Because most people don't realize that most. Um, most plantations where slaves were were on reservations because those were all Cherokee Indians. Arthur Conner, who started the KKK, was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian, and he was the one that had them wearing those hats on their head that went into a form of a V or a tent because what he was saying is, this is a TP. We are Cherokees under this KKK uniform. Uh, Bull O'Connor, General Lee, all of the generals of the confederate army were people that you call white cracker because they were canaanites cursed white totally different from the gentiles the gentiles not cursed white they can go out into the sun they can get their own vitamin d they are absolutely utterly different from the canaanite he is actually an, a white african because his daddy was ham who is the father of all african and he is a, a white african you are white european Gentile. You can get the son, and you will call Yankee. He was called Cracker. This guy here was the slave master. The guy who um, Sir John Hawkins, he was a full-blooded Cherokee. Listen to his name, Hawk. All of them bird names. These are those guys who are Cherokee Indians. They were the slave masters. He is a mixture. He is what you would really call a liking. He is a mixture of werewolf. And vampires that, That's just a joke but it's still true anyway But he is the worst of both worlds He is that white Cherokee Which is what his mother was And his—and you know you can look it up It says she's a Cherokee it Ain't something I'm making up Even Trump in 1993 when you go on my website you know, The Washington Post thing with Trump was asked why He against the um, Indians He said I'm not against Indians They're the ones that's racist He said why do they don't they have to pay taxes, but I do. Why do I have to have permits and have all these um, zoning papers and all this stuff, but they don't? Why isn't when people shop in my store they have to pay tax and duty, but there's is duty free and tax free? So I have my club at 2 o'clock, but you can stay open all night. How can I compete with them when you're giving them all the advantages? Then he looked over at Chief Bill Baker and with 15 other Indians that were sitting there. He said, look at them. They're whiter than me. They don't look like Cherokees to me. Damn, y'all didn't catch on to that? They are white. The Cherokees are white. They are, were originally Inca, who, and with the Aztecs, which was the East Indian Arabs and Pakistanis, who joined on to them and called themselves the Phoenicians, who had to run into America, and then they called themselves Cherokee. But before that, in Europe, they were Slavs, which was the, the white ones, and the Asians were the red ones, which was the Ishmaelites and the Canaanites. Remember that. I got the whole history. They can never hide again. They are totally different from you. And that Negro called Obama is not us. He's (laughs) acting like us. And I was, I showed people that one day I was, you know, I'm allowed to go in their little riots, you know, when they're acting crazy because I'm black. And I'm shooting the video right in the middle of them in, in Missouri. I said, look, now all the black people that were complaining to the police in the beginning, early in the day, were real black people. But then, when the riots broke out, I'm going through the crowd with my camera, trying to tell the police which one of the nuts is doing the stupid stuff. And guess what? I noticed I'm the I said, Not one black person is out here. Where are the black men? You understand? Know I got them on my website. Even when they was in front of at the inauguration, saying Trump come out, Trump come out of his hotel, I went through that crowd. Not one real black man. Everybody's East Indian Arab Pakistani. On Fox News they had a Cherokee I mean not Cherokee, An East Indian guy standing up. Everybody, the white Republicans are killing us. You're killing us. You're kill I said, when the, I ain't never seen an East Indian get killed. What the hell is he talking about? I don't even if you go to jail never they're never in jail. Only else they have safe zones They're free to break every law. They are free to ride around with no driver's license. They don't have to have gun licenses, nothing. What in the hell is going on? Now, white men, gird up your loins like a man and stop being punk. You are the Vikings. You are the warriors. You are the chosen of God. Nobody can whoop the black man and the white man when we're in unity. Let's unify and stop this crap. And if they want to act crazy, then we just simply whoop their ass. But they'll calm down. They'll calm down because they don't want want no part of us. We are the greatest warriors. I don't see none of them on the football field. I don't see none of them on the basketball court, probably two or three. But it's mostly me and you out there because we can only compete with ourselves because we are each other. Our daddy is Noah. Noah was a Hebrew. White Gentiles are Hebrews. They just don't know that they're Hebrew. But your daddy was a Hebrew. I don't give a damn what you call yourself. Your daddy is a Hebrew. You are a Hebrew. Because there's no way on earth that Abraham could have been called a Hebrew in Genesis fourteen thirteen without his daddy Shem being a Hebrew. And if Shem was a Hebrew, that means Noah was a Hebrew. And if Noah was a Hebrew, that means Shem, Ham, and Japheth were Hebrew. But guess what? Ham was disinherited, so he's no longer a part of the Hebrew family. So that's why he's upset. And now he's trying to whoop my ass. Now it's, got, now it's time for the Hebrews, the Jew and the Gentile, the whole body of Christ. That's First Corinthians 12, 12 through 13, which says the whole body of Christ is the Jew and the Gentile, the black man and the white man. Once we wake up, that's the ass. Remember I told you that. That's why I'm here. Yeah. I am here for you. Yahweh Ben-Yahweh told me that Trump, when he met him in 1984, when we were on tour, he, looked at, he shook Trump's hand on Broadway. They were just meeting each other, and, and then he turned around and said, see that man, son? That's who you should choose to be your president. That man there is not afraid of him. He has his own money, so he won't double-cross you. That is Cyrus. That's Cyrus oh. God. That's the king of the best. That's golden Esco- Mamre. That's your blood brother. You defend that man. So, wow. Well I yep. was wondering why I decided to join... Trump, when he first came out, when I had just told the whole tea party, I'm not helping nobody until the primary, Trump announced that he was running in 2011, our band was the band, the first band to play for him, I brought Tito Puente Jr., I brought the Supreme, I brought one of the ladies from the Marvelette, and I had a band full of stars like Clyde McFadden, and we played for him, and they were shocked that that many people showed up, because we had some entertainment out there. And Trump came out after I introduced him, and I said, we want Trump for president. And the whole Tea Party was shocked that I endorsed him after I just said I wouldn't to endorse him. And they asked him why. I said, because Yahweh always told me, that's the man. And that's why I was behind him the whole damn time. You understand? That's why Trump said last night. He said, you knew from the beginning, didn't you? I'm going to send you the transcript, Rory, where Trump said, you knew from the beginning. You knew all the time. Because Trump asked me one time, he said, why do you think I'm going to win? I said, because Yahweh, uh, then Yahweh said, you're going to win, so you have to win, or we are going to die. <laughs> yep. He just started yep. laughing. He, he is the great deliverer. He was, you know what Cyrus was? He was a white Gentile, and and, Genesis, and you know the Gentiles <laughs> always come to our rescue. And that man, Cyrus, yep. so he, so no, he was Persian. Look up the Persians, sir. And Isaiah 13 says, the Persians are the mean. If you look up the word "mees" in the Bible Interpreter's Dictionary, the most prominent dictionary in the world on the Bible, it says the mees are Meziah. And when you look up Meziah, in Genesis 10, 1-5, it says I was the fifth-born son of Gomer, who was the first-born son of Japheth, which means – I'm sorry. And Japheth is, of, of course, in Genesis 10, 1-5, the father of all the white European Gentiles, of which maybe I was named as one of those Gentiles. So Cyrus was a Gentile. He saved Israel, and God said, this is my anointed. This is my blessed one. This is the Savior of my people, okay? It's just that Gentiles have forgotten that they are my people. We are the same blood. That's all. So Cyrus got to save the world. That's why I'm so glad. Look at all of the presidents of all these new of countries like Russia, not Russia, but I um, the name um the country? Um, Germany, uh, Britain, and all those countries. Isn't it strange that almost every last one of them are actual real Gentiles now? When most of the time, most yes. of them were Slavs or Serbians, which are the Canaanites, or East Indians, something incredibly stupid like that. Now we have taken back over. So while we got yes. this chance, if y'all don't get your behind out there and help this man get some more get more kings men and kings horses into this yes. thing with him like congressmen and senators who are real who are real right. and you can see that real Republicans not these Republican We like need that exactly Michael Michael He's you're a exactly right Cherokee. He's a full exact, Cherokee. we need your, lady, Michael all them guys are Cherokee. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you're
2: absolutely right. We need People that are going to support our president be right by his side, Holy. And, Holy. and and I love you know I I got you to come up here last week because you love because if you endorse Joe Arpaio, you love Joe Arpaio just as much as I do, and, and because he's the closest thing to Trump, and he's going to stick by the agenda, and he's going to win. Joe Arpaio gets more, gets hundreds of people at his events. I mean, these other candidates in Arizona barely get. 20 people. Joe Arpaio gets hundreds. I mean, Arpaio has this, and everybody knows the close bond between Joe Arpaio and President Trump, and uh, the friendship. And also, that was the first person Trump pardoned. So you know, that's a that's another thing right there. And they just you know, this is a big thing. This is a big thing. We need we need guys like Arpaio. That are by Trump's side Because Arpaio, if you ask me in politics Is the closest thing to Donald Trump That, that exists So Arpaio go, go Does what he does for, for the people For the president Not to fill his own pockets Like every other punk ass politician That's right
7: Joe Arpaio is a real man And he's just the type of brothers we need we need white men who are not afraid America's tough as to sheriff. They always act like they're weak, like they are helpless. And in the meantime, they own everything. 87% right. of all businesses are owned by East Indians. Michael, and, and Michael, yes,
2: Michael, I do want to interrupt you. I, do want, I want to keep you on the line, but I want to welcome our next guest. And Doherty, stay on. We have a huge topic. Um, I want to welcome um, economics expert, public policy analysis, writer for Town Hall, writer for Newsmax, writer for Live and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey, Dr. Michael Bussler. How are you, sir?
8: I'm well, Rory. How are you doing? Uh,
2: Doing well, sir. Great to have you on. Happy Thursday. Uh, The weekend's almost here. It it feels good. Um, But I'm I'm so glad to have you on. I know I brought you on a little late. I'm sure you've been listening. Uh, What are your thoughts?
8: Uh, well, um, you know, we started out talking about uh, uh, the effect that President Trump has had on the minority communities, um, yeah. and you know, I heard very, very early when I uh, signed on uh, when Trump said, "Look, at uh, you've had, particularly in the inner cities, uh, you've had uh, Democrats running the cities for really about 50 years um, with all kinds of programs." Uh, they're supposed to be helping you, and really, uh, it hasn't helped you. And, you know, in some instances, has uh, locked in generations uh, into the kind of the welfare state. And Trump finally said, listen, uh, what do you have to lose if it, to try me? And uh, as we right. said here, um, the people said, yeah, you know, we really don't have much to lose. That's a chance. We have nothing and, to lose. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, he puts uh, Ben Carson uh, in, uh, head of HUD, and he's doing some great things very quietly in inner cities. And then uh, Trump said, look, what what, uh, minorities really want, particularly those in inner cities, what they really want is opportunity. He said, so I'm going to get an economy that's growing uh, and that will provide opportunity to, to everyone and everybody will be able to uh, work their way out of these problems. And so yeah. far it's working.
2: Right. Yeah. Hey, everybody, how's totally it connected? Fine. I'm in the middle of a storm. Oh, I hear you pretty well. Can you guys hear
8: me? No problem. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm yeah. okay.
2: Perfect. Very well said. Um, no, well, yeah, I loved what you said just now, uh, Doctor uh, Bussler. Very well said. Yeah. Um, Doherty, your thoughts, and, and then then Valerie.
4: Oh, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't really have much to add to that. I, 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 I but I want to get. I, I just want to get Mike to talk about my next exciting question, which I don't want to trump you here, Rory. It's. I want, to be, I want to have him vent about Maxine Waters and, tell, and have him tell me when are people going to recognize how she's just fleecing everybody, just because I think it would be so enjoyable to hear his take on it.
7: Talking to me? Michael? Yeah? Black- yeah. Black- yeah. Yep, Michael, yep. Oh, okay. You, go ahead. There's well, Black the Trump. Maxine Waters is also a Cherokee. See? And they, they know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. Because I looked her up, I checked her out, she's a Cherokee. And she's in there fighting for their rights. So listen, speak up a little realize, bit, Mike. We can't hear
6: you.
7: I said we got we got to realize that the Cherokee are overtaxing us and taking everything from us. So it's either we stand up to them, because Maxine Waters is an absolute. She's not really a nut. She's really smart at what she's doing. She, what she's doing is taking everything from you. Of course, they want you to pay your fair share in taxes, because they don't pay taxes. They're living for free. Like Bill Clinton, did you know he was a full-blooded Cherokee? Yes, he is. I'm telling you right now, Google it. He <laughs> is a full-blooded Cherokee, and Hillary herself is also an Indian. And that, nobody even knows these people are Indians, but it ain't about – because the, there are other Indians that don't get these benefits. Like even in India, the caste Indians are the ones that's upper – and the East Indians are the ones that are getting their behinds whooped. So once they wake up, they're going to help us whoop their mind. like we met uh, Dr. Sheba. He's getting his behind whooped. He's angry as hell as an East Indian. You know, That's why the Bible says they ain't about skin color because Revelation hey, 7, speaking of Michael. Hey, Michael,
2: speaking of, speaking of Dr. Sheba, we had him on the show the other night. The guy Beautiful. who's facing Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts.
7: Right. What I want to say about that is the Bible says that every nation kindred and tongue will go to heaven in the last day. Now, every every man that's wicked among each nation is going to hell, whether you Latin, black, white, East Indian, or whatever the hell. So don't try to run that game, is that the problem is the white man and the black man are absolutely destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So if we don't wake up and, and smell the coffee... You let people like Maxine Waters because she looks like a black a black person. This is not a black person. This woman is a Cherokee. She's a nut. She's out of her damn <laughs> mind, and she hates she hates black people. She don't even like us. You understand? It's like Snoop Dogg. He's seventy five percent Cherokee. Of course, he's gonna be on their side. All, uh, what's that guy's name? Jay Z. He's he's African. He's never been in slavery. What in the hell are we feeling sorry for them for? I don't feel sorry for them. The people that are suffering are the Gentiles and the black man. Even if you go to Russia, the Gentiles are broke. If you walk around the corner from the Kremlin, all of the people that call themselves the mafia, all of them who are East Indians, you know, you can't be in the mafia unless you are from Sicily, all them names in and about. If you're from Sicily, you can be in the mafia because those Sicilians are actually red bottom in the head East Indian gypsy. And they are rich in Russia while everybody else is broke. Nobody has money in Russia. All the white Gentiles are walking around with run-over shoes, got the same color car, same color everything. They broke as a joke. The Russians, the white Gentiles, and even in every country all of our gentile brothers are broke. The Italians that come here and have restaurants, they are not the real Italians. All the real Italians named in a consonant like Caesar, uh, uh um, Pilate. All of them their names in in a consonant. But the Giovanni Juvincies, I'll show that to um what's her name? That lady, uh, I forgot the lady's name,
0: uh, uh,
7: Kellyanne. I said Kellyanne, look. Trump, Kellyanne and, Conway, and two other white dudes. Yeah, Kellyanne Conway. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tommy Hilfiger, Trump, and some other white guy are the only white people that own a building on Fifth Avenue, the, the most expensive street in the world. Right across the Prada, Giovanni, Muvado, Giovanni Giudici. I mean, everything is East Indian, and none of them have permits, they don't even have permits in their elevators. Now, I started noticing in Miami, all of a sudden, East Indians have got permits, and they built in their little businesses, right, their gas stations, and then I started, you know, just checking the numbers out, and the numbers go to nowhere. They're putting them up because my radio station is revealing. Why the hell, they don't have to have it, but we got to have it. You understand what I'm saying? They are living regulation-free, and to let you all know, just in case y'all want to study why It's because Alexander the Great was the first Gentile To break with Israel The black man And when he broke with him He gave the East Indians through Roxanne A girl he fell in love with Which was the Prince of, Macedo- Princess of Macedonia who's actually uh, The Prince of East, of East India And she talked him into Giving Jerusalem to Ishmael Or the East Indians Saying that Ishmael was the firstborn And he agreed with that Gave it to them and ever since then, they have been in charge of everything and had – well, he gave them – he said, I can't give you your land back, but you will live regulation-free because in no country that I own, which was every country in the world at the time, and he, and he gave them complete UCC freedom and the right to not be arrested other than for murder. But, I mean, but we don't understand that's going on all the way up until this day in every country. Or you can look into a China man's face and say, "Hey, you're an Asian. I am not Asian. Well, what's up with you?" <laughs> because he is not. He, his name will end in like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is upset because he can't make no money in China, so he wants all of his money out. Why? His name ends in a continent But Bruce Lee, Bruce La and Kung Fu, all of them are rich as hell. Inside China, it's a communist country. Why? Why are all of these men? And you say, hey, you're Asian Yes, I am an Asian Because you're not, you're not really a Chinaman You're not really a chin man, Which is what China used to be called Chin You are actually, guess what? A dag-blasted Ishmaelite Who went into the country And married into them Got, all, and got into that country Started your business And you didn't have to pay taxes Because old Alexander the Great and then you are rich in their country, got all the Versace stores and everything. You're rich as hell. And all of the 10 men are walking around broke, paying 100% of their money in taxes. Right. And it's happening all over. They just invaded Europe because Europe was so stupid. They opened up their borders to them, and they're living in their country completely regulation-free. They can kill and just go to a safe zone. What in the hell? Y'all better wake your ass up. Do you see what's going on? They are beating the hell out of you. Gentiles, Gentiles, you got the power. Remember, Peter passed the power to Cleophas. Cleophas was an Italian. He passed it to him because you were always the one that came to our rescue. Remember, when Lot got in trouble, Abraham went to Escol and Mamre to go conquer the Sodomites who who were occupied. Sodom was occupied by the Hanani and the Canaanite, and we beat them behind and freed Lot. And when when we went in to destroy the Canaanites and God said, go wipe out every last one of them, who joined us? The king of the best. Who was he called? The king of the Gentiles. And then his great-great-grandson named Hiram of Tyre helped King David get the Canaanites out of Jerusalem. And then that same king helped Solomon build the temple. And then when the Babylonians, which were the, the Canaanites, Hamites, Nix, they were called the Hyksos at time. these cats came into Israel and took the temple and everything, and guess what? Um, Cyrus came to get it back. Who was Cyrus? The great-great, I think it was three greats, great-great-great-great grandson of Ham of Ty, another Gentile, came in and beat the hell out of the Babylonians and freed Israel again, as did Havreth, uh, Hav- uh, when the Babylonians uh, uh, were getting ready to kill us through Haman, and Mordecai got Esther to go tell him, and he said, what, they going to kill my big brother? No. And Ahazus gave us a right to have weapons, which is where the NRA got that idea from giving us our weapons and our right to have weapons. And we beat the hell out of Haman, and then Ahazus hung every one of the Hamanites, or Haman and his boys, which were the Hixos, with their own wood from their own houses. So I'm telling you, every time we got in trouble, you came to my rescue. And then we got in trouble. Last time we got in trouble with Alexander the Great, he was the first one to turn on us. And then the Romans tried to take it back, but they were not successful. Then the Europeans tried they were not successful. Then they came to the Americas, and they they were eating the hell out of our Mayan brothers. Listen, Gentiles, you've always come to my rescue. You got to wake up and come to our you now, because they're whooping both my ass. Okay, help us, yeah, please, Mike Stay help on the line. So, Black,
2: this is yep. a record. We have three Michaels on the line right now. We have Michael, leaders of Black for Trump. We have Michael Doherty, and we have Michael Butler. So, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start going to saying last name. So, Michael Butler and, and I know Doherty wants to get to this too, but stay on the line, leader Michael, leader of Black for Trump. And, but, but real quick, before I get to the next segment, uh, Valerie, I want
3: your thoughts real quick. We haven't heard from you in a while. I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> what what subject are you most interested in? Because I certainly can't go on about the Bible like that, and it was quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he pretty much, uh, Michael,
2: leader blacks, leaders of Black for Trump, nailed it. I mean, that was Wow. I mean, I was just sitting here listening like, whoa, that, I mean, that's amazing. Um, absolutely, 100%. I mean, there's so many different things. Um, Jesus Christ. I mean, we'll have to do a whole segment on this, um, you know, and, and talk about this for – we could talk about this for hours. Um, I do I do want to move on, though, because we are on a time frame. Um, but Michael Bussler, you're an economics yeah. professor. At, you know. Yeah. You know, the economy right now – and is, is, is at a point where, like, never seen before. I mean, we are living in the most powerful economy uh, known to mankind. 4.1 GDP, stock market record, uh, a lowest unemployment for Asians, lowest unemployment for Hispanics, lowest unemployment for blacks, uh, overall unemployment for everyone, lowest since the 60s. I mean, we are, and pretty soon it's about to be the lowest unemployment of all time for everybody in general. I mean, th- these records are are unbelievable, and I definitely see in the next quarter us uh, going beyond 4.1 GDP. Yeah,
8: that's, um, that's probably right. Um, what what, what uh, Trump has done, uh, he's um, reversed the policies of the last ad- administration um, and uh, the Obama administration didn't didn't ever set really economic growth as a high priority. Um, Obama's top priorities were uh, to cure perceived social injustices. Uh, it's an injustice people don't have health insurance. It's an injustice uh, there's not enough food stamps available. It's an injustice there's not enough welfare. Uh, it's an injustice big business takes advantage of consumers. So that his economic policy was geared to – Uh, solve that. And every time he tried to solve one of those things, it uh, put a burden on the economy and slowed down growth. Um, He also raised taxes. Uh, The Bush tax cuts uh, from 2001 expired in 2011. Um, He made them permanent for everybody except the highest income earners. Their their taxes went up 10%. And then with the uh, Obamacare, Um, the increase in the Medicare tax and the numerous other taxes that were put on, all that um, slows economic growth. And as a result, Obama was the only president in history uh, to serve an entire term in office without having at least one year where uh, economic growth, annual growth, was 3%. came into office and he said, look, there's a lot of problems we have to solve here, but the first thing is we have to get the economy growing. And once the economy is growing and it's it's strong, uh, and um, the uh, more people are working, incomes are going up, people are paying tax revenue uh, in to the government, so they have money, and the deficits aren't so large. Government has less money to pay out in social programs when everybody's uh, working. So once we get back to a strong footing, you know, then we can start to tackle some of the social problems on a little better footing and place. Uh, so, the first thing Trump did was um, he said, Look, um, I can uh, get rid of a lot of these regulations through uh, executive order, which he did. And since he did that, um, the economy's been growing at about a 3% rate now for the last four quarters. Um, and then he said, Look, um, when the economy's not growing, what did presidents in the past do? Well, Kennedy Johnson uh, cut income tax rates for everybody. Uh, Ronald Reagan cut income tax rates for everybody, um, reduced regulations, um, and that uh, worked well. So Trump modeled his tax cut essentially after what Reagan did. Um, and uh, once that got in, kicked in in January this year, it takes a couple of months for uh, business investment to increase and consumers to see it in their paychecks. But once that happened, the second quarter of this year – Grew at the 4.1 percent rate. Uh, I'm very optimistic. Um, I'm looking at and there's a lot of variables here. We've got a trade situation to deal with, and inflation may be a problem, and interest rates me, are rising. So There's a read, bunch of
2: let me read you some numbers real quick, and then, let me read you some numbers. So as of now, the trade deficit has dropped by more than 50 billion dollars. That's 50 billion yep. with a B we have created 7 trillion with a t of new wealth since election day we have yep. a 10 year investment of 10 trillion dollars and 12 million jobs with with 3 with 3% gdp um, when obama was in office, when, when when obama was in office private business investments were only grew at 1.8% last ye- last year here it was 6.3% under trump this year, it's growing at 9.4 yeah. um, percent. Right. Women un- unemployment, woman unemployment at a 65-year low. Something else that yep. is unbelievable is American exports are up 20 percent. The net yep. exporter of natural gas for the first time since 1957 is the United States. We are now right. opening seven other steel plants. 400,000 new manufacturing jobs since election day. And we have all these shorter approvals for infrastructure and allies buying weapons. I mean, those are the whole list I just named. But
8: Yeah. And all, all those uh, are things that um, don't just have a, a one time short term effect on the economy. Uh, all of those things have a multiplying effect on the Economy. I think the third quarter GDP number, which comes out about a week and a half before election, uh, is going to yeah. be in about the four um, and a half percent range. And I wouldn't be surprised; it's not out of the question to see uh, GDP growth, uh, perhaps for a quarter or two, maybe for an entire year, go up over five percent. You know, when when Reagan did this in, and the tax cut got into effect in '82. In 19 In 1984, the economy grew at a 7.5% annual rate. Um, I don't know if we're going to get quite to that, but um, we've been so stuck at looking at this uh, 2% growth, thinking it was the new normal, uh, that we Americans have really forgotten what economic prosperity feels like. And um, all of the data you just gave, this 4% growth, and what will be higher, I believe, in the future, Americans are start to are going to start to feel real good again about the economy. Maybe it will get rid of some of this anger that's underlying in so many Americans. Um, it's really been since the year 2000 that we've had economic growth of at least four percent for the the year. You have to get above that to really feel uh, feel prosperous.
2: And, and as as a professional economist, as a professional economist, I want to ask you one question. And you know you mm-hmm. made you made great points just now. Did you ever see when Trump was coming into office that black unemployment would be at an all time low, that black un that Hispanic unemployment would be at an all time low, that Asian unemployment would be at an all time low? I'll
8: tell you, I was a, a big Trump supporter from the I mean, this is amazing uh, right now. Beginning. We've never
2: seen anything like this. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
8: I. I I knew he would be able to – because he's a business person and he's not a politician, and not being a politician hurts him a lot, but because he's a business person, he's going to look at things from a business perspective. I knew he would get this fixed. It's a little bit surprising how quickly he was able to do it, especially when you consider every Democrat is against him, the media, um, 90% of the coverage on him is – Negative, and there's even a chunk of his party that really doesn't want to see him succeed. So even with all that, he's been able to do this in about a year and a half. Um, I, I, I think it's remarkable, I mean, historic what, what he's been able to do.
2: I mean, yeah, by, by far. Yeah, Doherty, I know you want to respond. Go ahead.
4: Well, um, I mean, I I think – with, I I mean, I'm in total agreement with what he's saying. I don't know if I can just mirror it. I, it is amazing. The one thing I kind of latch on it is it is amazing how people have forgotten what it's like to be pr- prosperous. And it happened yeah. really quickly. And it, and it started in the middle of the Bush administration. I, you know, if I could, I mean, we sort of had so much that we could blow and we blew it.
6: <laughs> I mean you're so
4: remember who was that, that Goldman Sachs woman? Abby what's her last name? But she you know or is it Annie? I she used to say that she remember she said the US economy is like a super tanker and, and it's really it can really withstand a lot and we put it under incredible pressure. I mean, we, we took all that for granted and, and it's amazing the number of people that are walking around right now that don't remember that. And the number that don't remember, you know, nine 11, even, I mean, we've got a lot of kids. I mean, if you're 18 years old or younger, you really don't feel the impact of these things. So there's gotta be a way for us to hopefully stop, um, Uh, repeating history on these things and, and, and really let the the failures of socialism and communism and, and the whole liberal movement from the 20th century, especially to, to implode. And it's, it's interesting. I don't know if the left is having the, you know, like the hornet's nest goes crazy before it dies. I don't know if it, you know, these are death rattles from the left or, or what, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping they are because, uh, you know, there, you can have a win-win. You, you really can.
2: Two things to what you just said, real quick. I just want to chime in. Um, you know, president. A new poll came out. President Trump's support has now surged to an all-time record high, um, and Fox News has taken uh, has gotten the biggest ratings in July, and that included Shark Week. And we know we all know how big Shark Week is. I mean, it just goes to show more and more people are waking up to, you know, the CNN and the MSNBCs and the the misleading uh, news media outlets that are destroying. It's destroying lives, what they're reporting. Because we just saw what the Venezuelan president came out, and it finally said, the 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 socialism does not work. No shit, dumbass. And that's exactly (laughs) what they're trying to put on us with these left-wing networks. I mean, this is disgraceful. <laughs> it's, it, it's communism. Just waiting to see what but, it's uh, take for it's them Michael to Butler.
4: actually pass. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. And, and with that, I'm, I'm stepping off, guys. It's it's almost midnight. I've, I put in my hour and twenty. So, nice chatting with you, and have a good evening.
2: All right, Michael Doherty, everybody, uh, advertise please. Whatever your
4: your new book, your title. All right, the Devil Inside the way It's good. It's all good. Uh, just, just, it's fine. The devil inside the belly.com. It's at Amazon and, but we're good. Have a good evening. Thank you.
2: All right. Take care, Michael. Thank you. Michael Doherty, everybody. Always a pleasure having him on. Um, I do, I do want to, you know, Michael Bussler, you know, uh, you know, you have your PhD and, 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 you know, you're a professional economist.
7: Um,
2: is this, you know, with history, and everything we've seen, I mean, am I correct to say this is, this is uh, uh, like the best time uh, we've ever uh, witnessed uh, in an well, economical sense? Well,
8: uh, it, it certainly is extremely good times. I mean, there there have been a lot of good times uh, over history, but in in uh, certain recent history, this is about as, as good as it gets. I, 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 I I sort of refrain from saying that a little bit because I think it's still going to get a lot better. Uh, this is very good, and compared to what we've had for the last two decades, really, it is, it is very, very good. But th- there's still a lot of room for this to get better. As I say, I think the third quarter GDP will be better than the second quarter, and I wouldn't be surprised, uh, at least for some of the quarters next year, you start to see numbers in the 5% range. And what, that, what that's going to mean is um, for the last decade or so, a lot of the college graduates, I know my students, um, you know, they struggled to find one good job offer. Many of them uh, took jobs uh, for which they were overqualified. Uh, well, all right. that's going to change. Once the economy starts growing, those people will find jobs Um, really suited uh, more to what uh, their education level is. And then um, all the millions of uh, discouraged workers who dropped out of the labor force because they couldn't find any job at all, they'll find opportunities. This is happening a lot with the minorities in the inner cities. They're now seeing opportunities. And instead of having to live on a, a government handout, they're being able to take care of themselves and they get a real right. sense of self-esteem with that, and I think that's going to help with a lot of social problems. And so right. I, I think as good as things are, and it's uh, almost as good as it gets, it's going to get a little bit better yet.
3: Yes. Can I ask you and, a quick question, Michael, yeah, go, ahead. That. go ahead, Valerie. Sure. Thank you. Sure. Um, do, would you find any comparison between what's going on now and the, and the Roaring 20s? When people were happy, everything was good, very comfortable, and somewhat complacent to what was going to happen the next decade. When, you know, when um, politically, I'm talking about, and psychologically, when there were wars, you know, does that, do you see any correlation between that?
8: Well, um, that's all, yeah, that's always somewhat of a concern when things start getting good, um, you know, do people get complacent and, uh, realize that uh, these things may not last forever, and you, you have to keep things in perspective. Which, uh, somewhat, at the tw- in the 1920s, they got kind of wrapped up in the good times. It just kept getting good, and you get the feeling that hey, this is this is never going to be bad. Let's let's just keep going, and uh, we don't really have to pay much attention to it. It's just going to take care of itself, you know. And then you run into a a, a, a crash. Um, So you do have to be careful of that. It's just that um, uh, America is coming off um, really almost two decades of of a stagnant economy. Um, So uh, if there is a chance of getting uh, over exuberant about these things, um, I I think it's probably eight, ten years away from anything like that happening just because, you know, people have lived through not so good times for so long. The other thing is um, uh, economists are a little bit smarter about what to do um, should things uh, get out of hand, uh, which is why the Federal Reserve uh, is gradually taking interest rates up. Now, the last meeting yesterday, day before, they're they're not going to take them up, but they'll raise them probably in September and again in December and a few times next year. And what that does is it kind of tempers things. Uh, So, uh, in the housing market, for instance, um, for a number of reasons, mostly the stagnant economy, there hasn't been a whole lot of new houses built in the last 10 years. Well, now that incomes are up and uh, mortgage rates are still relatively low, a lot of people are turning back into the housing market to buy houses. Well, you got a high demand and a low supply, and that means prices are going to go up. So, what the Federal Reserve does is they raise interest rates. Um, yep. It means there were some people who are going to buy that now. Uh, their interest rates are a little high; they're going to have to drop out of the uh, market, maybe rent for a while, and that tends to keep supply and demand um, in balance, so you don't run into mm-hmm. an inflation problem. So the point is, mm-hmm. we know we're a little smarter now, and we know what to do uh, if things should get overly exuberant. But I don't think we're quite, or well, we'll be at that point probably for some time, w- well into the
3: future. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and
2: very well said. And, you know, President Trump was speaking at a rally in Pennsylvania this evening. He did very well, yes. uh, present, presented very well. everything, uh, you know, addressed all the issues. And he's talking – he said he would prefer a government shutdown before the midterms, which I am in absolutely supportive. of. I think that would be a, a very right. smart idea. I think it would teach the Democrats a lesson, and you can guarantee a red wave if that happens because Democratic voters are going <laughs> to look at their leaders like, you know, what I, – I mean, it, it, I'm all for it. What are your thoughts? I mean, because think about it. I mean, if they're not going to pass what the – the main thing is the wall right now, which, which Trump yeah. is going to get one way or the other. But, you know, if he has to play hardball with the, with these Democrats – and Democrats are not going to get their way either. You know, you have to give some to get some. And, uh, you know, nobody wants the government shutdown, but we all right. know uh, tr- Trump is the king, and he is the guy that's making the rules, N- not these right. other so, uh, phony politicians. So what's your thoughts on that?
8: Well, here, here's what I would say uh, about that. The, the, the most important thing I think you said was nobody wants to shutdown, And as a matter of yeah. fact, Nobody likes a shutdown.
6: It's a um, big setback. If, if there
8: was a shutdown, oftentimes, most times, for whatever reason, the Republicans get blamed for it. Now, not so much this last sure. time. That was the Schumer shutdown. But right. y- you've got the press. Ninety percent of the their coverage is negative <laughs> about Trump. So um, if yeah. the press frames it in such a way that Trump caused the shutdown, and it's right before yes. the election um, politically it's a little bit precarious um i think that but the really, republicans risky. are in a very strong position and uh, some yes. of the seasoned veterans whether it's right or wrong that let's take this fight after the election
3: i agree yes. with you 100% and also i think the republicans will get blamed because we have the majority and they're going to say right. you have the you know you have the ability to control the the um the schedule and what's going to be brought up on, on, um, on the floor. And, you know, if there's a shutdown, I think it's too risky for the Republicans to take because we cannot lose the house. We cannot. So I think Trump no. like he said, I think he'll push as far as he can until he thinks the shutdown's actually going to happen. And then he'll, he'll say, let's table it until after.
2: And, uh, yeah. you know, the new report, you know, there's a new report out today, um, you know, that's very impressive is that uh, the American steel industry is very happy with tariffs. You know, the tariffs are yeah. going a long way. I mean, they're, they're holding, you know, countries like China um, and all these other – and, you know, uh, all these countries that have taken advantage of us for so long, and a right. lot of people – you, all, you remember all these people that were crying and, you know, saying, oh, it's going to start a trade war. Trump's going to cause a mess. No, nope, the exact opposite happened. Trump got us uh, ahead. He is winning for us. The trade, the, he, he, There's no trade war. They agreed to Trump's terms. They know Trump's in charge. They know Trump's not playing around. And, uh, I mean, look, at, we're winning in every trade, trade situation possible right now. Because we have the, we have Trump, the the uh, the, bi- the best business negotiator in the world, or at least one of the greatest to ever lived. and uh,
7: said by oh, many people. Conqueror. I mean, He's I look, the conqueror. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he is King Cyrus. Oh yeah, Cyrus. Oh, yeah. A- I, I mean we're looking realize, we're looking at a guy. He has the greatest weapon. He has the greatest yes. weapon. We- he has the white man and the black man. We are the creators. I mean, who can compete with us? All you gotta do is exert it. The other people were deliberately not exerting it, and they were deliberately stealing everything from us. Y'all, you, you all acting like it's, it's something uh, spooky or whatever. I don't know. Yes. Trump is actually anointed by God. God gave him the power by giving him us, and and he and, he, and God gave him. To us All it takes is for him to say I'm going to do that And there's nothing they can do Because nobody can do nothing without us Just remember that Jesus is right. just us Colossians 4.11 Actually right. says that well, Jesus is my fellow world In at, the kingdom you, yes, Yeah and your examples make sense Just
2: look at, look, look at what's going on around us All of these countries Are starting to respect us again they're starting to want to come to the table and make deals because they know president Trump isn't going to give in to them and, you know, you know, take their threats or make a bad deal. Cause he's not a pussy like our past leaders have been. And he, and he's not out <laughs> to fill his own pockets like our past leaders have right. been. And, you know, we, we have all of these things that are going in the most amazing direction possible. Three million jobs created since election day. I mean, that's, that's beyond impressive, way beyond anybody's prediction, uh, any of the experts, so they say, on the, on the news outlets. Um, but, you know, this, all, of, all of what's came out of these last few weeks and months, I mean, with NATO, now they're paying their, their fair share. Um, you know, we, we have so much to look forward to. The stock market, all these all-time highs uh, <laughs> It just keeps getting better and better. It's like fucking Christmas every morning when you wake
7: up. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy because Trump, is all he has to do is say, go this way. Remember, he is Cyrus. Cyrus was just like Alexander (laughs) the Great. The difference was he was a conqueror for us.
0: The other people
7: were deliberately, they got into office through that little Aristotle trick which says, Join on to every nation and marry into yeah. them, and join on to the weak of each nation, the female, yeah. the homosexuals, and the minorities, and then right. then make help them vote you in by teaching them democracy. That they did yeah. that because Alexander the Great gave Roxanne the right to open up the schools because yeah. she said we're Ishmael, so we're Abraham's children, and God said that Gentiles would say, please teach us the ways of Abraham. So they yep. opened up the first school in, in Athens, and they called it the School of East Indian Teachings. Then they opened up in, in Europe, and it was called Cambridge. Then they opened up in America, and they called it Harvard. And then they taught us their ways and made us vote for them and give, a, give away all of our power. Trump is yeah. here taking it back. He's taking he, it back. You here. know
2: what I've always said? He's made, He's a profound machine. He's a, a gift set from God. He's America's savior. He's the second coming. I mean, he is the... I mean, we've never seen anything like it. I mean, this guy is out for the American people to benefit us and help us every day and make us more and more powerful. I mean, this guy is the, the, the answer to our prayers, and I thank God every day when I wake up. Oh, my God. This is like this is like the best gift you could ever have is Donald Trump as president. I will say that with a fact. Michael Bussler, I do want your thoughts, though. And then Valerie. Uh,
8: wow. Well, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say I, I uh, agree that uh, Donald Trump <laughs> is really behind a, a movement here. And I think uh, the changes he, he will bring here will be historical Uh, Not just for the direction of country, but maybe for the direction of the country and um, much of the civilized world. So um, Trump is certainly doing a a lot. Um, You know, he's only been in office for a year and a half. Uh, He's not the president that's going to look at a problem and kick the can down the road like so many other prior presidents have. So I think for that reason, um, things look extremely optimistic. Um, let me just say one more thing, Rory. It's a little after midnight here. I'm, I'm on the East Coast. We got about <laughs> so ten minutes gonna, left
2: if you want to stick around.
8: Okay, real uh, quick, ten minutes. <laughs> I got to okay, be perfect. up at six in the morning tomorrow too.
2: Okay, we do. We do. okay? No, no, I understand that. Okay, I, that's real quick. Why I, yeah, go ahead, Valerie.
3: I just wanted to add that. You know, Trump is an individual and he's bringing back the idea of individualism. He's, he's making it okay for people to be who they are and not have to go along to get along. And I think it's been a very long time right. since, um, you know, people are allowed to be, to say their opinion. And like on your show, for example, you know, um, in the past, in most of the, elect, in the last several administrations, You know, like the political correctness has always been more important than the individual. And I think Trump's strength um, and his self-confidence has has really given our young people uh, a leader to look up to and somebody to, to, you know, who are our heroes? For so many years, we didn't even have any. And and who would the kids look up to? And I think Trump is really giving the next generation... um, his leadership is showing that there are many different ways to lead. Just be who you are. Allow yourself to make the decisions based on your thought process and not political correctness.
8: Very true.
6: Very true.
3: I like the way
2: that's said, because, and you look, you ask, me, you make a very excellent point, Valerie, because if you look around and if you observe you, you, we've never seen any sort of political fan base uh, to this to this extent. I mean, this this is like Trump. I mean, Trump is like a superhero. Trump is like the biggest concert uh, celebrity. I mean, lines and lines for hours. I mean, lines and lines out the door for hours. I mean, he's bigger. He's bigger than any celebrity or any any rock star. I mean. This guy is inspiring so many people. I mean, it's like the, the energy and just the, the enthusiasm and the passion and the dedication and the love for America and all the patriotism. I mean, we've been missing this for so damn long, and we have a guy who is the best, one of the best businessmen to ever live, and he sacrificed his billionaire lifestyle to come work for us, the American people. And he's having a lot of fun, I can tell, because, you know, he's doing something that, I, I, I mean, this is, this is creating the impossible. And another, you know, thing is Apple today, you know, became the first company uh, valued at $1 trillion, with a T, $1 trillion. And you, nobody can not tell me that that didn't have anything to do with Trump. That had to do with Trump and a strong economy. A lot, a lot of people are pointing this out. But if Hillary Clinton was in office, you would not have that evaluation with Apple today. I guarantee you. Your thoughts, Michael Bussler.
8: Yeah, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's exactly right. Apple is uh, <clears throat> a great company, a very innovative company. Uh, but Trump really set the stage for them here to... Uh, expand and, um, you know. And the, plant, uh, the new
2: factory they're building, a $350 billion with a B, a new factory for Apple here, and they're doing bringing all that offshore money back to the U.S. I'm sure you're very familiar uh, with what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah.
8: yeah, that's actually a very good point. So the, the U.S., uh, the corporate tax rate, corporations were taxed at an average rate of about 35%. Now, that's higher than just about every other country in the world. Uh, uh, It's significantly higher than many countries. So companies like Apple, uh, Apple went to Ireland. They bought a little uh, townhouse, uh, and they called that their corporate headquarters. So now they were an Irish company. They paid Ireland's 22% tax rate rather than our 35. Um, And uh, they essentially didn't pay anything to – for in um, American income taxes, kept the money overseas. Uh, General Electric did that. They have a little place in Switzerland uh, that they call their corporate headquarters for the same reason. Well, Trump lowered the tax rate from 35 percent down to 21. So now we're some of the one of the least expensive, the lowest tax rates. These companies will bring the money back. He also um, is not putting a big penalty uh, for bringing the money back. That's already there. So, uh, that money's coming back, and companies will relocate where they're really located and, and bring their corporate headquarters uh, where they really are back in the States. And so, all that tax revenue comes back. And now that the corporate tax rate is low, uh, it pays you to build the factory here instead of building it overseas uh, to take advantage of lower tax rates. So, uh, Apple did an awful lot on their own. A trillion dollars is a heck of a lot of money. Um, but Trump uh, is helping set the stage for Apple to continue to grow and for other companies to uh, grow as quickly as Apple did.
2: Yeah, and, you know, Michael, you bring up a great point, and, and, you know, you're absolutely right, because we're seeing all of these um, businesses either opening up shop for the first time here in the U.S. because of Trump's lenient, uh, tax laws and his business laws of what he's put into place or they're relocating back here uh, because of the, the gain and the, uh, the strong significance of, you know, uh, that they can get a big return of investment rather, you know, rather than right. when Obama was president. I mean, Obama had all these regulations and all these strict things on these, on these businesses, which h- hence why they went overseas and did stuff, Exactly. I mean, over there, and, you know, you have all this more leniency now, and it's very convenient for, you know, these U.S. businesses and these these people uh, to do, make America the number one place uh, for everything. I mean, with, with what Trump's policies are, uh, you could, they couldn't be more perfect for what he's put into place. And we all know that now, uh, in a lot of situations, if companies go overseas, They're going to be punished and they're probably going to have a worse, a worse, uh, you know, just a higher tax. Uh, They're they're not going to be as well off because we are uh, the number one destination now. I mean, it's, it's proven.
8: Yeah. As a, as a free market economist, we always like to say if the government just gets out of the way and let business do what it does and let business keep most of the uh, um, earnings that, uh, that they can generate, um, the economy will really start to boom. And that's that's what Trump has done. He's gotten government out of the way of business, took all these regulations off, off the backs, um, changed the tax rate. Uh, he's now working on something on the capital gains rate. Um, and uh, now business has got an environment, government's out of the way. Um, business is just going to take off. The the big numbers uh, to look at the last couple quarters, I I believe, was one of the ones you mentioned. uh, Business investment is way up. I think it was up 9% last quarter, and I think 7% in the first quarter, something like that. But So business investment is is way up, and that means they're investing money to build new factories, invest in machinery, invest in employees, um, and this is really what's going to lead to longer-term economic growth. Yeah. Oh,
2: I, absolutely. And you, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have, we have all of these different opportunities and you see all of these various countries now making all these high lucrative investments with our, with Trump. I mean, Trump's sitting down with every leader and, and we're making yeah. all these big deals and he's doing it for the people. And you know what I realize more and more every day? And, you know, it, it you know, I even realized it, somewhat back in the day, but now it, it even hits voters more and more, and they understand that a lot of these politicians weren't doing this work over the years because it wasn't benefiting them. They weren't out for the people, these past presidents, a lot of them. I mean, there, was, there were, there's exceptions, there's a few. But for President Trump, you know, isn't, isn't, isn't there to, to gain for himself, which, which is so pivotal. And, you know, you, you sit down with all of these leaders, and you think about all the opportunity and all of the optimism that, that being created and how USA is becoming the number one destination, it's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, and all these countries, all they want to do is make a deal with Mr. Trump. That, that's all they want to do because they know that, you know, countries depend on us. Let's face it. They need us more than we need yeah. them. And, you know, Obama got walked on for years by foreign leaders. We've seen it. It was disgraceful. Um, you know, Obama's the worst president in history. I've already made that clear many times. But, but we're just seeing, like, this is just unbelievable, th- just the amount of investments and the amount of all of these, these promises kept. And, you know, a big thing for me I want to I talk about real quick is we need to defund Planned Parenthood. You know, the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, um, may decide if states can defund Planned Parenthood. I mean, you're an economist. I think it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. I think it's disgraceful. I think it's insulting in many ways. And I don't agree with anything they do. I'm pro-life. I'm a, I'm a Christian. Um, and I'm very conservative about this subject. But give it back to the state. This should not b I mean, I know there'll be certain states that stay with it, but I mean, what's your thoughts
0: on this
8: um I, I would agree um give it back to the states this is a, a, a very touchy issue for both sides. um Both sides are very strong in in their views um and uh because of that um it's hard to come up with a a, a national uh policy. Um, and funding planned parenthood nationally there, there are some states that uh believe in what planned parenthood does and um i guess they should be able to fund it as they will there are some other states that are totally uh, against morally what uh planned parenthood does so um there this is this is a sticky issue because there's arguments on on both sides and you know it's difficult to tell who exactly is uh is right or or wrong here because each side is is so strong in their positions. Uh, But if Planned Parenthood does anything that is illegal, which I believe they're not supposed to use federal dollars uh, to fund any abortions, uh, if they are doing that and they're doing something illegal, then the funding should definitely be, be pulled from them.
2: Yeah, and and we've seen, you know, all the scandals with Planned Parenthood. We've seen the viral videos, I'm sure you have, that are disgusting, Mm -hmm. buying fetus body parts and all these gross things that have came out about Planned Parenthood and, you know, them giving abortions, you know, like literally a week before the baby's supposed to be born. Like they've done a lot of shady and corrupt things. Um, There's a lot of issues. And, and, and terrible things going on at that uh, establishment, and taxpayers are having to, su- having to suffer and pay for this crap, and I don't think they should. Because, if, you know, Planned Parenthood gets so much money in donations uh, from different political groups. They don't need taxpayer dollars. You know, if they, you know in my, but they will struggle but I think they can make it without it. And I don't think it's our responsibility. If you want an abortion, take care of it yourself.
8: Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people uh, believe that it, uh, we're just talking about uh, taking some individual responsibility. Uh, so uh, all that makes sense. Um, and Planned Parenthood, i I think they get uh, like $500 million from the federal government. Uh, it's a lot of money. Yeah, they get and they get
2: government um, money. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. They get government yeah. money. Why do they need us? Why do they need
8: us? Um, somehow you know I mean? they were some kind of organization that got funding and it just never stopped.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. Planned Parenthood, I'll tell you, they are the devil. They are the devil. And Valerie, I know you want to touch on, touch on this topic. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> How do you know, Lori? Um, no, I agree. I I think anything that needs to go to the states, such as this, because as you said, it's so controversial, um, needs to go to the states, and and it should not be federal funded. I agree because it'll be funded by the state level when that where the decisions are made. And
6: right. you know,
3: I agree that it's just too much of a hot button issue to to go all the way across the board. Um yeah. And you know they've had such bad events recently, you know, in the news as you were saying, Rory, that I think it's just really too distasteful to continue. You know, to make it a federal issue, it's just it's just nasty. <laughs>
8: yeah, yeah. Rory, I'm gonna really I'm gonna have to sign yeah, off. Yeah, we're wrapping it up. I...
2: The show, yeah, the show is about to end. So I, I want to thank you, Michael Busler, for coming on. Uh, we really My pleasure. Thank you. We have about we have about 40 seconds left, so I want you to promote whatever you got to do, a I, I, I website wherever anybody can find um, you. Yeah, and if also, anybody
8: wants to, yeah, I was just going to so say go if ahead. anybody wants to read what I, I write about on Facebook, uh, my page is called Funding Democracy. So just on Facebook, search Funding Democracy. It's Funding Democracy: The Economics of Freedom. Uh, you can see some of my views. So thanks for having me, Rory. I look forward to be yeah. back here again.
2: And Michael, Michael, before you go, um I want to say the next gen USA it uh is done as of tonight. So oh, early tomorrow, uh, you'll have your column all ready to go and uh, uh you're going to be a big part of the next gen USA, my new media empire, which I you know Terrific. is very very fancy technology, very nice. Um I'm very excited to bring you aboard and uh we have a lot of big names attached to it.
8: Perfect. Look forward to it. All right, I'm checking out.
2: <laughs> All, right. All righty, yeah. we'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Michael. Thank you, Michael Bustler. Everybody, always a
3: pleasure. Valerie, are you still there? I'm still here. <laughs> it's okay. it's almost twenty after midnight for us here in the East Coast. Um, but I yeah. I'm, before I'm you before you go promote I'm, your book. Oh, so my book is Backyard Jihad. How parents can detect the invisible threat of radicalization. Um, you can find it on Amazon.com. I also have a blog at backyardjihad.com, and I'm excited about your Next Gen uh, USA. I think this is going to be a really, really important piece for may- maybe even for the election upcoming. So, uh, congratulations! Oh yeah, it's
2: going to be big. Oh yeah, and that's 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 the reason. It's perfect timing to come out. It's really going to. Uh, be, uh, you know, really pivotal and uh, beneficial uh, to this midterm election. And it's just great timing. And and you're going to have your own column. You're going to be a big part of it, which I'm very excited for.
3: I'm excited, too. You know, a lot of the things, the issues that you bring up on your show, you know, are not covered well enough in the mainstream media. And I think you're filling in a lot of gaps that Americans need to hear about.
2: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, and you're a great co-host. And um, I, uh, I do. I wanna, enjoy I do it very much. Say, <laughs> absolutely, um, I do want to say uh, to everybody: please visit the Donald dot com. Again, that's the Donald dot com. Um, the Next Gen USA, my new media empire company, will be ready. Uh, as you know, we won't be back on the air till Tuesday, everyone. So, but at, when we're back on the air Tuesday, uh, you will be having us broadcast live from the Next Gen USA website. Um, the Next Gen USA, like I said, will be done uh, tonight, and uh, I'm so excited. Uh, it, you know, we're we're uh, putting it live early tomorrow morning. So uh, uh, get ready for that. Um, also, visit RorySotter.tv. again. That's RorySotter.tv and also visit getyourappbuilt.com again let's getyourappbuilt.com i want to thank my listeners my advertisers i want to thank my co-hosts i want to thank all of my amazing guests tonight um i'm glad we got all of so many issues addressed and um and uh you know it's been a great week and uh i look forward to another amazing week next week with all of my listeners uh, thank you to all the thousands and thousands of you. We have listeners here in the United States and in foreign countries. It's amazing. So God bless you all. Have a great weekend. I'm Rory Soder. Thank you for listening. God bless everybody. Cheers.
3: Good night.